The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. And we cannot break down one of the weirdest games that we've seen on Monday Night Football without a little help. So we bring in Mark Schofield from Pat's Pulpit to help us break down a game that we haven't seen in the NFL in like 47 years, pretty much. Because there were 40-mile-an-hour gusts, Mark. This was a ridiculous game between the Patriots and the Bills. Good morning, gentlemen. It was absolutely a ridiculous game. If you see me sort of wincing, it's because my shoulder hurts from charting all of New England's three passing attempts and and breaking them down. Um, Bill Belichick, we probably should have known this was coming because Bill Belichick, obviously a, a fan of the game, a historian when it comes to the game, he was wearing a Naval Academy face mask prior to the game. So we should have known that Bill Belichick was going to come out and run basically a Navy offensive gameplay because the Patriots with these wins threw it just three times, ran it like 49 times and it worked. Will it work in a couple of weeks when these teams meet again? I don't know, but Bill Belichick will find a way to adapt. And if it's like, you know, sunny at 55 degrees, they'll probably throw it 50 times. Who knows? But a strange game, a surreal game, but an important game because now New England you know, they, they went into this game atop the AFC East. Now they have a game in hand against Buffalo. Now they get their bye week to sort of rest up before their final stretch. In a crazy year, is it that outlandish to think that New England somehow ends up the number one seed in the AFC? Right now, it's not outlandish at all. They're right there right now, Mark. And my question for you, I guess, is like, how are Patriots fans feeling? What is the ceiling on this team? Because uh, as I talked about many a time, my good friend Stats here, uh, I always thought he was crazy when he thought like the 49ers could be Super Bowl contenders if they're starting Trey Lance. Because I'm like, you have a ceiling with a rookie quarterback typically in the playoffs. Like rookie quarterbacks don't thrive in the playoffs often. Uh, it's it's just not what happens in the history of the league. So, you know, with Mac Jones here, but then you have a game like this where you don't even even need him to win and obviously it's a a very special circumstance of a game but like what is the ceiling for this Patriots team uh even if they do get the number one seed yeah Brandon it's still I think something that's a bit of an unknown you know if the Patriots had won last night and it was sort of normal playing conditions and Jones had to make some throws and maybe he makes some good reads and decisions and throws maybe he makes a mistake or two but they win the game you'd think all right well now he's had that game where he's tested a bit. This is a very talented defense, one of the best defenses in the league in terms of DVOA, and he found a way to win. Okay, you could feel that this, yeah, this could be a Super Bowl team. It's still, I think, a bit of an uncertainty because I'm not sure that if these two teams meet again or against a different team in the AFC, maybe like Kansas City with how their defense has rebounded, you know, they could have the same game plan and win. So I think it's still a bit of uncertainty. But at this point in the season, when you're atop the AFC overall and you're going into your bye, the late bye, and you know, they have the Colts, they have the Bills again, but it's still after that a favorable schedule. You can think, okay, this team could make a run. Belichick will find a way to have this team be successful in a playoff game, in a couple of playoff games. But I think it's still somewhat of an uncertainty because you just don't know what you're going to get from the rookie quarterback if he is tested. Now, maybe what the, what happens in the playoffs if they make it, if they play a couple of different playoff games, maybe this game plan could work. I'm just not so sure that they could run the football 50 times in normal conditions and win. At some point, you'd think Mac Jones will have to make some throws. But he has gotten better each week. So so there has been some development. But I think to your overall point, it's still a bit of an unknown. I just can't get over what we saw. Three pass attempts for Mac Jones. That is the fewest by anybody in any game since 1974. Do you think there was a part of Belichick? Because I think they had, what, one pass attempt in the first half? I almost wonder if Belichick was like, you know what? I've played 
I've coached a ton of games. Uh, let's see if I can pull this off with only throwing one pass or or like three passes. You know, Larry Bird back in the day used to get yep. bored and be like, I'm going to play this game left-handed or what's the scoring record in this building? Do you think there's a part of Belichick that was like, man, let's see if we could do it with three passes? I mean, it's entirely possible. Like I said, the man is a historian of the game. And so I'm sure he knew exactly when, you know, the fewest pass attempts at a win that that game was. I'm sure he probably could tell you about it. He's probably got a copy of it on his shelf in his office. You know, I do think that their last two pass attempts came on their, like, second to last drive, really. They were back-to-back plays. Uh, the first throw was a simple five-yard flat route, and the ball, it was into the wind. The ball sort of sailed and got taken away, and John O'Smith, had to basically make an Odell Beckham type catch on a five yard throw to the flat, which tells you what it was like to throw in those conditions. And so Belichick might've saw that play and think, thought, look, you know, we just, we just can't trust where this ball is going right now because of this wind. Mac Jones has an NFL average arm. We saw Josh Allen though, the ability with his elite arm can still cut through the wind, but even some of his throws move like the back shoulder late in the game where he threw it on an absolute line. And it still went five yards and sailed out of bounds. And Stephon Diggs is like, what can I do? I'm open, but, you know. So, you know, when Josh Allen is struggling with his velocity, Mac Jones is going to have some problems. A lot of other NFL quarterbacks will have some problems. So, to your point, Belichick probably saw that first throw and thought, unless we absolutely have to throw it, we're just going to run it and take our chances with our defense because they're struggling to throw it too. So watching the Patriots from afar, you know, it's easy to be like, okay, Belichick again, or, you know, Mac Jones playing well. But I want to know, you know, from your perspective, you know, being uh, having the more intimate knowledge of the team, who is someone could be coaching staff players? Who do you think maybe someone is like one of the more underrated uh, uh, cogs in uh, the Patriots success this year? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you have to look at the defense. I mean, getting Dante Hightower back is huge because so much of what they do defensively starts at the second level. He's, you know, the green dot guy, the heart and soul of their defense, the captain of their defense. Um, A lot of what they do builds from him. Obviously, Matthew Judon, his 11 and a half sacks going into Monday night, a huge acquisition for them. They've been able to get pressure with Ford. He's a big part of that. But then you look at the defensive line, you know, Christian Barmel, who they drafted in the second round, the first defensive lineman taken. He's been very impressive. Lawrence Guy, who had a fumble recovery against Buffalo, he's been very impressive. Godshaw, who they signed from Miami, he had a huge night against Buffalo, helping stop the run. And then Jawan Bentley, their linebacker, who's more of a run stopper, but a lot of what they do from a run stop, run fit perspective starts with him, very violent when he works downhill against run action. And so, look, this, this was a game that they won up front, both on offense and defense. Their offensive line has been a big part of their winning streak. They play with six offensive linemen using Michael Wendu as a tight end, I think 65% of the time against Buffalo. So their offensive line has been good. Their defense has been great. And it's those guys on the defensive front that have been such a huge part of this win streak. How good is that defense? Because I saw a note before we popped on that they hadn't allowed a second half point in four straight games before last night. That is incredible. Are they that good? Or is it mostly a mix of a good defense and a schedule that maybe isn't the strongest? I think that's the more accurate point, Rob. Like, it's a good defense. Don't get me wrong. But look, you're talking about during this win streak, they saw the Jets to start it when, you know, Zach Wilson was sort of banged up. Then you get the Chargers, which that's an impressive win. But, okay, that's one game. Then you get Sam Darnold throwing three picks, including a pick six and another pick in the end zone. Then you get Baker Mayfield, who's banged up, and you blow out Cleveland because they're just dinged. They were hurt at that time going into the game. Atlanta on a short week without – Cordell Patterson without Calvin Ridley. So you could basically triple team Kyle Pitts and take him away. 
Um, Tennessee without Derrick Henry is obviously not the Tennessee Titans we know. And then this game Monday night against the Bills. I mean, yes, they've won seven straight games. It's hard to win games in the NFL. And when you're holding teams in this day and age to those kinds of numbers, it's impressive. But I do think you need to give it that context. They're a very good defense, don't get me wrong. But they've benefited from playing some teams without some top-tier players, playing some teams with rookie quarterbacks or having questions at the quarterback position, playing some teams with hurt quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are really struggling like Sam Donald. So they've been beneficiaries of a, a schedule that has been favorable, but it's still a very good defense. They'll be tested in two weeks with Indianapolis with what they can do in the ground game. That's going to be an absolute battle up front. I wouldn't want to be you know, in the stands watching that. You might get hurt from shrapnel flying your way. Um, and then they'll get Buffalo again. You know, they get Jacksonville in Miami to roll things out. But it's a good defense, but they've benefited from that schedule a bit. Uh, last one from me, Mark. And obviously, listeners here, if you don't already, can check out Mark. First of all, in like a billion places, but most importantly, at Bleeding Green Nation podcast exactly. feed, where we'll be talking about the <laughs> Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts conversation uh, this week with our uh, obviously fantastic contributor, producer, uh, Rachel Prevet. But uh, before you go, Mark, I want to ask you a question here that I've been thinking about. And it is, let's say, you know, let's just assume the Patriots do get the one seed, uh, which feels like a crazy thing to say. <laughs> and who is the team that might scare you the most? Like, who is the team the Patriots don't want to play? And I feel like you might say the Chiefs. So if it is the Chiefs, then I need another answer than the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, it's the Chiefs. I mean, I think that's similar to New England. The Kansas City Chiefs seem to be figuring things out as we get into November and December, which is, you know, kind of what you want to do as a football team. That's what Belichick has traditionally done, used September as sort of an extended preseason. Kansas City has really figured it out on the defensive side of the ball, I think, which has in turn helped Patrick Mahomes settle in a bit. But outside of them, look, Buffalo still scares me. I mean, mm. last night, they had a chance to win that game, even in those conditions, even, you know, with New England just going one-dimensional and kind of having some success running the football. Buffalo was still in it. And I do think that until I see New England sort of beat Buffalo in a normal game setting, you know, that team is going to scare me. A Tennessee Titans team that has Derrick Henley, Henry Healthy, it is still very terrifying because that's a team that, look, for whatever you want to say about the Patriots, they have had some struggles at times stopping the run. And you get Derrick Henry back, you get that play-action passing game going. You can see sort of Tennessee giving them some struggles. And honestly, look, I, I, until they're gone, Baltimore. Uh, because mm. I, you just – Bill Belichick defenses have always had trouble with the Baltimore Ravens under Lamar Jackson. They've always had trouble with athletic quarterbacks, quarterbacks because they play so much man coverage – when you turn your backs to the quarterback, you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. You saw it a couple of times with Josh Allen on Monday night that could run and create. With, look, even back in 2017, Blake Bortles had some success against the New England Patriots in an AFC championship game until the Jaguars got super conservative in the second half. And so those are the types of teams that's still scary, guys with athletic quarterbacks and Mahomes, Jackson, Allen, they're very athletic quarterbacks. Those are the three teams that, if you're right, and they somehow get this one seed, would still have me a little bit worried come kickoff. Mark Schofield from Pat's Pulpit. You can see him a million other places as well. You have already broken down and put on Twitter every single throw from Mac Jones in last night's game. I don't every know. Single one, just like every single one. <laughs> How did you find the time? I, I woke up early. I was up before the kids and everybody else was awake. I was up before sunrise to, uh, to break down all three throws. It was a slog, but we got through it, friends. We got through it together. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.